This is the Endurance Church Podcast with Pastor Anthony Bass. At Endurance Church, our goal is to live well and finish strong by becoming faithful disciples of Christ. We do this through loving, disciplined, Bible-based teaching, encouragement, and care. For more information about our ministry, head to endurancechurch.org. And now, today's message. Uh, So, Romans uh, chapter 5, I'm going to pray and we'll get started. Father God, I ask you to speak through me this time. We pray against any technical difficulties. We pray, Lord God, your people hear your word and are changed this Resurrection Sunday. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you go back to Romans uh, 1 all the way through 4, Paul gives a very deep and detailed description regarding how a base humanity has become because humanity has forsaken God. And what the, the, the basic context is, humanity on it, in its own effort could not be good enough. We couldn't earn God's love. More specifically, we couldn't earn God's salvation. And so if you contrast how far humanity had fallen to how high God is, it's almost like a hopeless situation. But but then Paul begins to give this hope. So remember, the book of Romans, even though it's written, and we say the name Romans at the top of it, is actually written to Jews who are in Rome. And amongst those Jews, there are Gentiles, but, but there is a conversation they're having specifically about the law and its place in the life of a person who decided to trust God. And we know the law basically reveals that we're sinners. It shows us that we can't be good enough. But Paul then goes and leads people to this other thought that the only way to be right with God is, is through faith. It's trusting him. Because regardless, even in my best days, I'm still, the Bible says, my, my best actions are like filthy rags. Like, I, I can't be good enough. If my actions look good, then my heart is off. If my heart is off, if my heart is right, then my thoughts are off. It's just like we, there's this constant um, downward trend in every action, every thought, every deed of humanity outside of God. And so Paul says the conclusion is faith. God uses faith as a mechanism, as a tool So every single human being has the opportunity of being saved. And that's his greatest act of love. God said we had to do 200 push-ups to be saved. You know what? I might be in trouble right now. Uh, You catch me next week, I might be okay, right? If God said run a 4, 3, 40 or a a 9, whatever, 9, 8, 100-yard dash, we all be in trouble. But God didn't say any any, uh, external attribute is, is, is what's fair, basically, is what's necessary in order for people to be saved, it's really an act of faith, an act of trusting in God's character, an act of trusting in Jesus's words, an act of being led and yielding to his Holy Spirit. And so we see here in verse one, it says, therefore, therefore, and what it was he there, what is therefore, therefore, it's, it's, it's saying based upon this big argument that humanity by its own effort can be right with God. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we've been made right with God. We, we, we're in a position now that we, it's almost like we have never sinned. I'll say it's like we have never, that's how God sees us. That once we put our faith in God, in Christ, in his death, burial, and resurrection, God sees us as though we haven't sinned. We're, we're positionally right with God. It says, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And this peace is important. Why? Because the truth is God's wrath is coming on all of the world, of all humanity. 
It's because sin results in God responding in wrath. God is going to destroy. He's going to purify all of reality from sin. And God saves us from that, right? That, that's the point of Jesus Christ going to the cross. Jesus is like the ark. That, that's, that's why people don't like the story of, the, of knowing the ark, but it's amazing. Like Jesus is just like the ark. So when we're in Christ, it's just like Noah going into the ark. And Noah, he, he, he built the ark, but he didn't even know how. He didn't even know how to be saved. He didn't even know a flood was coming. But he just trusted God's word and went in the ark, and then God shut the door. And then when he was in the ark, he was, he was spared from the destruction of the planet. So us too, when we place our faith in Jesus Christ, we will be spared the destruction that is coming on the world. Now we see what's going on. We see wars and rumors of wars. We see earthquakes in diverse places. We see plagues. We see pestilence. We see the state of the world. And it looks like it's getting worse. And it will. That's what the Bible says. But we Christians have hope because we are in Christ and we will be saved from the wrath that is to come. Verse 2, it says, through whom, meaning Jesus, we also have access by faith into this grace in which we now stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. This, this grace, we didn't, earn our, we didn't earn our spot on the boat of Christ. We didn't earn our spot on the ark of Christ. We, we just trusted God's word. Jesus said, trust Jesus. I mean, Lord, I'll say the Father said, trust Jesus. So we, we trusted the Father, and we put our faith in Jesus Christ. And as a result, we have received this grace. And now, not because we earned it, but because we simply trusted God, we don't have to worry about the punishment that is coming upon the planet, the punishment that is coming to all those people who have not put their faith in Jesus Christ in the resurrection. Understand that everybody's going to be resurrected, whether you believe in God or not. Every one of us will be resurrected. And at that point, there will be judgment, eternal judgment. And that's the storm that all these things in life are symbolic of that's coming. There's a, there's a storm coming, and it's coming after the resurrection. And at that time, those people who have placed their faith in Christ will be spared in contrast to those people who have not, and there will be judgment. Three, and it says not only that, but we also glory in tribulations. Now, this is good for us today. So Paul, he's talking to these Roman, he's talking to Jewish people in Rome, and, and what they don't understand yet is there's a persecution coming for them as well. These, these, these Jews and Christians who are in Rome are going to be persecuted. We know what happens under Nero. We know, looking throughout church history, how many times Christians were persecuted in Rome, how bad they had it. And this scripture gave them comfort and encouragement because you know what? Tribulations don't mean, it doesn't mean that God is not in complete control of the situation. So it says here in 3, and not only that, we, we also were glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance. And that word perseverance for us is also interpreted as endurance. And perseverance produces what? Character. And character, hope. Isn't that amazing? That God even uses the worst situations we go through in life to change us to look like his son. So, it, so that's why when times are rough, we don't forsake God. We remain faithful and we allow God to use those difficult situations to make us look like Jesus. And so at the end result, we have character like Christ. And once we have this character, that gives us hope. Why? Because there's purpose in the pain. God is using these very difficult situations to make us more and more like him, like Jesus. And so this hope doesn't disappoint in verse 5 because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit 
who has been given to us. And this is always an interesting text. Why? Because you think about how God's love poured out. It's poured out in us to make us respond to life the way God would. And so remember, I said earlier, God's love is really a choice. It's a sacrificial choice. It's, it's called agape. It's a selfless love that's an act of the will despite difficulties. It's not a, a self-seeking love. It's a love that considers others before it considers itself. And that's the type of love that the Bible says God is love. It's, it's, it's agape. It's a, it's a different type of love. It's not eros. It's not sexual love. It's not phileo. It's not family love. It's not storge. It's, it's, it's a specific type of love, a sacrificial love where there's no guarantee of reciprocation because that love is being expressed from you. So now we're getting to the part for the day. It says for, which is a literary connector for, it means is ex explaining for when we were still without strength in due time Christ died for the ungodly now now understand what Paul is doing he's trying to highlight how good God's love is right so it's saying here when when we humanity didn't have the strength to be right in God's eyes we didn't have the wisdom the knowledge the information the technology we didn't have anything to make us right Jesus died for us now now, you have to understand, chronologically, Jesus died for us, but he loved us before he died. He loved us before we were even good. He loved us before we loved him. And it's going to hear the scripture does this beautiful job, this Resurrection Sunday, of highlighting why Jesus Christ went to the cross. I love this. Now, listen to this. Verse 7, it says, for scarcely, and this word scarcely is another word you got to think about because really, it really means difficult. It's like for scarcity for a righteous man would one die. So what it's saying is rarely would someone die for a righteous person. That's what it's saying. Like pretty much nobody dies for a righteous person. That's what he's saying here. A righteous person, usually people don't die for them. So we as humans, when we see a righteous person, we're like, you'll be okay, right? Like it's, it's, it's all good. But, but look at what this says. Yet perhaps, but this word perhaps actually means quickly, Yet perhaps for a good man, someone would even dare to die. So what is what what if you understand, if you go back to the Greek, and that's why it's difficult sometimes to understand in the English. When you go back, what's happened in verse 70 is contrasting humanity's natural response. For a righteous person, nah, we might not die for a righteous person, right? Because they're righteous. Like there's nothing necessarily appealing to them. They're right with God. They'll be okay. So I'm not gonna die for that person. I'm not gonna go save somebody so they can go preach. I mean, they're already right with God, so they'll be okay. I mean, that's what it's basically saying. Yet, yet is a contrast, and that's that's the key here. Yet is a contrast. Yet, in contrast to that, perhaps for a good man, someone would even dare to die. So what it's saying is, but for a good person, we we die for them. We would die for, if I, if I saw, obviously, my kids get ready to get hit by a car, I'd throw my body out there, I'd save my kids, right? Also, you know, this is what this is saying. If you see some popular entertainer, right? If you see somebody out there who you look up to, like uh, I'm, I'm a Russell Crowe, I don't know who you look up to. Uh, I don't even have anybody that's coming to my mind, right? I haven't watched movies in so long. So whoever it is, if you see somebody, a good Captain America, if you see Captain America or Batman out there, like if you see him out there, it's saying like you would die for them. You would, you would help because they're just good people. That's what this scripture is saying. You would die for good people. But now look at this. Verse 8 contrasts both of those. 8, which is indicated by but. That word but is a connector, but it's also contrasting what came before it in 7. So verse 8, but 
God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. Now, what that's trying to say is, man, may somebody consider die for righteous people, right? Some, for a good person, man, yeah, people would die for them. But who would die for someone who's your enemy? Who would die for someone who is killing you? Who would die for someone who's intentionally trying to hurt you? Who's intensely trying? Who would die for someone who is killing, who is tortured, who is raping, who is murdered? Who would die for those types of people? God would. Matter of fact, he did. Matter of fact, Jesus Christ loved those people. That's why he went to the cross, to give them an opportunity as well, you know what, to be saved. All the people in the world, those who we consider heinously evil, Christ died for them. So they would have an opportunity to be saved. Jesus died for the people we think are the villains in the movies, for the Thanos, for the Killmongers. Like Jesus died for those people. So they would have an opportunity to be saved. That's how good God's love is. That's how good his love is in quality in comparison to ours as humanity. If you know if God will love all these evil people, then obviously he would love good people, right? If, if God would die for these evil people, then obviously he loves the righteous people. God loves all people. However, they have to choose to love him back. And that's, that's the point. They have to choose to trust him. They have to choose to surrender their life. Jesus, if you love me, you what? You obey my commandments. And so in nine, it goes on to say, much more than having now been justified as blood, we shall be saved from wrath. What wrath is that? The wrath I talked about earlier. The wrath is coming on all of reality once Jesus Christ comes back and people are resurrected from the dead all over the earth. Got a couple points that were done for the day. God has the capacity and compassion to love evil people before he saves them. And that's a good thing. There are some people who don't feel like they're good enough to be a Christian or a, a follower of the way or disciple of Jesus. They don't think they're good enough to come to church or walk with God. Like, like that's, that's, a, that's, that's so wrong because every human being that has ever lived came to God off. Like every one of us, we can tell you story after stories about people who committed such heinous acts, yet God loved them. And all they have to do is humble themselves and realize that they can't earn this. You can't earn salvation. Jesus Christ went to the cross because you couldn't go to the cross. Jesus Christ went to the cross because we weren't, we didn't have the ability, we didn't have the wisdom, we didn't have the infrastructure, we didn't have the knowledge, we didn't have the capacity, we didn't have anything that we needed in order to be right with God, in order to miss the wrath that is coming. So Jesus Christ came as an act of love to show you he loves you, he's good, he's trustworthy. You can place your confidence and hope in him. Jesus was in love with you while he suffered and died. And I know there are people today that they have, they have very superficial love for people, that they'll only love them if they're loved back. They'll only love them if they provide a certain quality of life for them. They'll only love them if they make them happy. Like all these superficial things that we think, oh, that defines love. No, Jesus Christ's life, death, burial, resurrection is the point of love. It's the ideal of love. It's what love is based upon. And so when you think about love, you can think about a great movie of uh, Cinderella or Beauty and the Beast. You can think about that. But the truth is, Jesus Christ on the cross is the greatest act of love we've ever seen. And it will be the greatest act of love ever committed in all of history. And the annals that are to come and all the ages that are to come, there will be no act of love greater than this. This is the love we 
aspire to actually ourselves to give. That's why God's love poured down in our hearts so that we can love the way God loved us. So you don't have to be good for God to start loving you. So if you think, man, I'm not good enough. I committed this sin yesterday. I committed this sin last week. I committed this sin last night. I plan on committing. Like, like it's, it's, it's not that the issue of whether you are, you know, sinless, but God's love, once it gets to your heart, it makes you sin less than you did before, right? And so this isn't about being good. The, Jesus said nobody is good except for the Father. This is about trusting him who is good to save you. So my hope is today you'll allow God to love you. And that's a hard thing. We've probably been hurt by people in the past. We've probably been hurt by our parents, our loved ones. Like we've, we've been hurt making ourselves vulnerable to love other people. And, and we've hurt other people ourselves. And we may think, we may think, hey, you know what? Um, no one wants my love like God does. God wants us to love him. And he wants to love us. But we have to allow that to happen. Now, you may look at all the baggage of your past and say, man, I've done this, I've done that. Yes, of course you have. Like He, he knows that. Yet today, this day, in the middle of COVID-19, the middle of these, the snow of Minnesota, like God loves you. He loves you. Not because you're good. Not because you're great. Not because you will be good or great. He loves you because he loves you. And that fact alone once you get your mind around it, it should be enough to say, you know what, God, okay, I'm willing. I'm willing, God, to make myself vulnerable to you, Lord God. I'm willing to surrender my life to you, Lord. Have your way in me. So Jesus died for you to show you how much he loved you. And so when you think about Jesus being on the cross, like I said earlier, it's an act of love. God wanted Jesus Christ dying on the cross to be on full display to all the world. Jesus said, when he be lifted up, he'll draw all men unto me. He was talking about the cross. Jesus said, Father, glorify your name. And, and it was talking about once Jesus Christ is put on the cross, God will get glory. Think about it. Like God got glory. Once Pharaoh was destroyed, God got more glory because of Egypt's destruction than he did because of Israel's faithfulness. But God got more glory because of Christ's sacrifice on the cross, which looked like failure in contrast to any other act throughout all human history. Like God is wise. Understand that God meant for us all to understand, see, acknowledge, realize that Jesus Christ went to the cross. History hasn't been able to disprove the fact that we can't find his body. The Bible says he was resurrected. If you put your faith in that, the Bible says you're saved. Jesus Christ died for you so that you can live forever. This has been a presentation of Endurance Church. For more about the ministry, head to endurancechurch.org. Follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash endurancechurch and like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash endurancechurch.tv. Remember to live well and finish strong. All-consuming fire
Jesus.